half past nine. Well, take that horrible murder, for instance. Well, nothing anyone can do about the beggar. Jerry, if the police know who's done it, why on earth can't they arrest him? Because, darling, the evidence is inconclusive. You see, Mrs. Clinton, a man can only be tried once for any murder. And the police are reasonably certain that sooner or later he'll give himself away. Or the missing link in the chain will be filled in. More soda, Sir Henry? No, no, that's perfect, thank you. Anyway, no, I'm don't... sure that chauffeur did it, and I think it's scandalous he should get off scot-free. I wish I had the power of deciding the sentence. <laughs> and they say women are the gentler sex. But it was a ghastly <laughs> crime. That poor girl was only 16. You know, men like that narrow creature, they should be killed in, in some terrible way. Nothing would be too bad for them. Biotech, the new soap and pre-wash powder presents Beyond Midnight by Michael McCain. Peters, her father. He isn't the Peters, is he? He is. Oh, 
the fellow who's done all these marvellous things with the... He's a... Thyroid, it's then? Why did you choose to live in Wimbledon? <laughs> when you get older, a little peace and quiet are wonderful things. If he hadn't lived so close to the common, he thought he might be alive today. Well, what will happen to this man Yarrow now? A hard thing to get a job, eh? Well, he'll probably start for a foreign country. Might be anything left for him. But if he really did do it, he won't get off in the long run. He'll make a slip. Yarrow. Something horrible about that name somewhere, isn't there? Yarrow. Yarrow. What have you thought of doing? Well, it's... Well, it's going to be a bit nasty, and I... I want me to get work, Dr. Peters. I thought of Canada or Australia. You can still have your job with me, Yarrow. You... You mean that, sir? Well, stay on. Well, well it's marvellous, I... Well, I never... Oh, thank you, Ted. It's very... Well, Christian, after what's happened, and to think they, of what they accused me of. Oh, thank you, sir. It's a, it's a weight off my mind, I can tell you. The trial and the crowd afterwards. Stop the bus, I've got to catch... George, don't wait! I've got to know! Why you dropped me? Who are you, please? Who is she? 
one moment. George on the bus, not looking back. Nellie, the deserted one. Middle of road, gesticulating, the shout, screech of brakes, and Nellie knew no more.
she read of the man's explanation, how he had been in Hyde Park at the time of the crime, his flat denial that he had been anywhere near the common. Nellie's mouth tightened into a thin line. Yarrow, the man who had jilted her, Yarrow. That was the day she had met him, the day the car had very nearly taken her life. The day. Oh, Yarrow, beware of an injured woman. What must I do? Police? No, not till they're mixed up with the law. Dr. Peters. Like a new man. It's a lovely day today. I thought I had flu. I took a grandpa headache powder and I'm well better. When colds and flu are about, grandpa headache powders are what you need. Grandpa headache powders work fast because they dissolve almost immediately. Grandpa makes all those dreadful flu symptoms disappear quickly. So, whenever you're in pain, get fast relief. Get grandpa headache powder. Ah, oh, grandpa. Just so. Just soak in Biotech. Stains, grass stains, collar and cuff stains, ingrain dirt, soil and grime. Out they come and you don't stir a finger. Just soak. Just soak in Biotech. Biotech with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Soaking in Biotech removes the stains and dirt that washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotech. A week after leaving hospital, Nellie Tour, who had not yet contacted her former lover, George Yarrow, was passing the town cinema. The Chevalier film had come and gone, and now in its place was a fiery, tempestuous love story. Nellie stopped and examined the posters, and watched the crowds coming out, mostly couples, young couples. Oh, there had been hijinks in the back, the stalls of the three and sixes that night. She noticed a man and a girl, who, arms still entwined, stood out from the rest. The girl was blonde and curvaceous. She was impressive, but loud. The man was tall and burly, and dressed to kill, as it were. His soft hat was tipped rakishly. His purple tie boasted a splendid pin, and his shoes were extravagantly pointed. It was, of course, George Yarrow. Are you quite certain, Miss Tor, that it was Yarrow you saw that night? You could not have been mistaken. No. If anybody ought to know George Yarrow, I should. I mean, most intimate at one time. And you'll be prepared to sign a sworn statement to this effect? If you say so. But I'm not wanting any police trouble, if you don't mind. You won't have any. I can promise you that. For the present, you must tell nobody. The matter's perfectly safe in my hands. I have your word. Yes. 
Remember you promised that George Sharp knows I've told you. I've already given you my word. Thank you very much for what you've told me tonight, Miss Tor. Thank you very much indeed. You rang. Shut the door, Smith. Is there anything I can get? No, thank you. Just shut the door. I want to talk to you. Uh, how long has it you been with me? Fifteen years? Sixteen, sir. You were fond of Miss Angela, were you not? No. Oh, I felt if she'd be my own Very daughter. well. Listen to me. My hand. My hand, sir. Ring Mr. Carter. And say that I would be pleased if he would dine with me tomorrow. Say that it is very important. That is all, Smith. Good night. Good night, Dr. Peters. Yes, Tony Carter must be in on this. Tony Carter, heavyweight champion, Oxford University. He should manage it all right, together with Smith and myself. An eye for an eye. I don't know what's the matter with the lights yellow. The doctor merely said he wanted you to look at them. That's all I know. Have you everything you need? Well, it's a bit much, isn't it? Eleven o'clock at night fixing flaming lights. I had a date. Never mind, yellow. Karen, what is it? The yellow is there, sir. The seems light. Good evening, yellow. Ah, oh, good evening, sir. You've got a light trouble, Smith said. Put up your hand. Hey? And the chauffeur turned and faced a gentleman by the name of Carter, Oxford Blue, gentleman of leisure and of letters, a gentleman who held a leveled, lethal-looking revolver. It was pointed at Yarrow's stomach. Oh, oh, what's the game? We know you for a murderer. Some days ago, the missing piece of evidence came into my hands. If I felt so inclined, I could hand you over to the police to hang by the neck until you were dead. But hanging... Is too good for a swine Take like you. Take it easy, Peter's old man. Take it easy. The handcuffs, Smith. Tony, what, what are you doing to me? What was this? I'm, I'm, what, what? And Peter's came towards him, a pad in his hands. Yarrow smelt a sweet, sickly odor. He was stifling, choking. He could hear low grunts, curses from the other men, but the sounds seemed very faint, far away. When he came to, Yarrow found himself lying on a long white table. He tried to move his arm, but something held it like a vice. His legs were confined in a similar manner by a thick leather strap. He was naked, and above him burned a powerful light. He realized that he lay upon an operating table. 
He turned to on his right, his clothes in a huddled heap on the floor. Mustn't be scared. The old bastard's just trying to bluff me. Reckon he'll panic me into a confession of my guilt. He hasn't got any sight of the door. I'll get him for this. Something, Yarrow? You can't do this to me. I'll have the cops on you. I don't think you will, my friend. I'm not going to kill you. And if you go to the police, they will assuredly hang you. As certain as the month is March and the year 1932, they will hang you. No, I didn't do it. I saw him. And once more, the great doctor, a man envied and admired by his colleagues, the doctor referred to by one James Clinton as the fellow who's done all these marvelous things with thyroid experiments, the doctor once more pressed the sickening pad over Yarrow's mouth. that followed, Yarrow suffered the agonies of a burning afterlife. At intervals, he fainted only to recover and endure once more agony. He never really knew what was happening to him. He lost all sense of time. The world had become for him a place of unbelievable torture. Peter's worked as one possessed. All his vast knowledge of the human body was called upon to play a part. No one was permitted to come near the laboratory, save the servants were told that Dr. Peters was engaged in important experiments and must not be disturbed. Months passed, and even the butler, who was forbidden access to the room, only came occasionally to bring his employer meals upon a tray. He also brought a tray for one other. It was March when Yarrow had disappeared, and now December held London in its frigid grip. Doctor, I've brought... The door into the room was open just a few inches, and through the aperture, Smith saw an almost unbelievable sight. Dr. Peter stood, whip in hand, over a creature which crouched on the floor, held by a chain and staple driven into the wall. The legs of the thing were bent and calloused. The arms hung ape-like with simian looseness from the wasted body. The face was the face of an old, old man, wrinkled with age and fear, but with a sly cunning lurking behind the roomy eyes. A thing of horror. A thing of pity. By all the powers, merciful heaven, is that... is that... Yarrow?
Jimmy and Naomi Clinton sat impatiently in their motor car, along low in Victor. They were late for lunch. The block of traffic in the Tottencourt Road was exasperating. Their splendid motor car was overheating. 1932. Motor cars did tend to do things like overheat, even in December, in 1932. It was Naomi saw the creature first. Jim! What? Oh, what, for heaven's sake? What a disgusting sight. What do you think it is? Oh. Oh, from the show at Olympia, perhaps. He looked at the grotesque figure ambling along the pavement, the jostling lunch hour crowds giving it as wide a berth as the pavements permitted. Isn't it pathetic? Why are things like that allowed to live? I don't know. Oh, we're going to be terribly late, darling. And then the traffic block broke, and the Invicta slid forward. <laughs> Naomi turned to look at the bizarre, ape-like figure, alone in the crowd, an outcast forever from its fellow creatures. She thought how terrible it was that it would never know human relationships. At best, only pity and commiseration, or laughter and curiosity. Inconsequentially, she thought of the murder still unsolved at Wimbledon. Darling, did they ever find the Wimbledon murderer? Oh, he got off scot-free. And no one knows what happened to him. Thought it difficult to get a job there. But apart from that, he got off scot-free, yes. Look, when we get there, we're very late. Don't take too long to do your face. Their life went on, and Yarrow, stumbling down the Tottenham Court Road, did not really understand the looks of the passers-by. Yarrow, stumbling down the Tottenham Court Road, did not really understand anything anymore. really stain-free, understand this. Biotex removes the stains and dirt washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Stains, grass stains, tiresome collar and cuff stains, ingrain dirt, soil and grime. Out they all come and you don't stir a finger. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Use it for cotton, silks, woolens, synthetics. Use it to make new again. Soaking in Biotex removes the stains and dirt, but washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. 
Beyond Midnight is presented every Friday night at half past nine by Biotech, the milk and pre-wash powder. The program is adapted for broadcasting and produced by Michael McCabe.